0: To the podcast, I am Joe Posnansky, and with me, the ever delightful Ellen Adair. Ellen, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, Joe.
0: <laughs> Boy, that that sounded strained. A little strained.
1: That's my that's my like post apocalyptic strain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As you as you might as you know, because because we just talked about it a second ago. I really wanted to start this thing off by going, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Whatever. I, I mean, it's always meaningless, but today, why are you even here? <laughs> um, yeah, so we are recording this on Tuesday, uh, basically, I don't know, 18 hours after baseball blew itself up, so uh, so we are actually going to be joined in just a little bit by the great Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic and uh, MLB Network and uh, Kenny has been on the forefront of reporting uh, everything that has been going on in baseball which has all been bad news for about six months now uh going back to the Astros nonsense but he is he has been there so hopefully he will give us some uh, insight beyond uh, his normal uh, his normal insight into what the heck's happening and whether or not there will ever be a, another baseball game ever played uh, and and all of those things so very exciting. I guess is anything a exciting? News. Is yeah. that good news? I mean, it's good news because Ken's such a great guy. But I'm excited.
1: Is it... Yeah,
0: I, I I find here's 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 sort of where I am, Alan, and and, and you you're such a joy that you can you can bring me, uh, you can bring me a little something here. Um, I I, I feel like at every day things are dismal and hopeless and, and you look around and you, you search for, for moments of, of uh, hope and moments of clarity and all those sorts of things. But then something else comes in and, and, and is, is also terrible. And then something else comes in is also terrible. And you feel like at some point you're going to hit bottom um, and it never seems to hit bottom. And then like when all of this is going on and you're sort of in this, in this, Moment of like, okay, well, you know, one hundred and ten thousand people have died uh, from this horrible disease, and we can't leave our homes, and so many people have lost their jobs, and 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 we're all having uh, to march in the streets for social justice, and all of these other things that 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 are terrible, and then. Like baseball comes in and like kicks the teeth in. Like like it's it feels like mm-hmm. things are so mm-hmm. tough anyway, and it's like well things can't get any worse. And it's like not only can things get worse, they can get worse in a way that you would not have expected to to happen. So how do you deal with that? How do you endure that?
1: Oh well. You I mean go. to be clear, I just said I was I'm I'm excited that Ken Rosenthal is going to be on the show. So, I guess you find joy in the very small things? Um yeah, I mean it's true that I feel like every single week is thinking that you've hit rock bottom and looking up and seeing that the rock bottom that was last week is actually above you. And I think it's hard because we I would imagine most of the people listening to this podcast go to baseball because we want to forget the other things, even momentarily. We want a little bit of joy out of baseball. Sure. And the fact that baseball is also destroying itself at the same fever pitch that our country is destroying itself, it's hard. Yeah. It's, It's hard to look at. Well, am not going to lie. Well, and it feels so... Preventable? Well, I mean, I guess,
0: yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. You know, not not just preventable. Because, look, we all know that it's very possible from a health perspective that there could be no baseball season this year. We all know that. We all know that, you know, everybody's going to try. Everybody's going to push. Every You know, and of course, this is not happening. But in other sports, it is. Everybody's going to try to figure out a way to make... Their sport happen, even though there's there's a global pandemic and and it's very difficult to figure out ways to to make it work and and so you won't have fans and you won't you'll you'll have you'll have you know of various kinds of um, various kinds of issues that that are you know probably not foreseeable and all those other things. But um, baseball's problem, the thing that that is caught preventing baseball from going out there and playing. Is not even that like that's I yeah. mean that's certainly the reason why the, the season didn't start. That's certainly the reason why you know there's there's this issue to begin with, but the problem is money. The problem is that the owners and 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 I pin this all on the owners. Um, As do I. The owners do not want to sacrifice for the game. They do not want to sacrifice to bring baseball, their sport, <laughs> their business, to America. that That's where we are. And, and you know, even if they decided tomorrow, hey, we're going to do it, we're willing to lose as much money as we need to lose in order to bring baseball out there. The game is more important uh, than, than short-term profits. And even if they wanted to do that, we might not have a baseball season. I mean, I think we all know that. We don't know what the situation is going to be like in – a week much less a month or two months or any of that stuff but the fact they're not even trying is crushing just crushing to me
1: yeah and the fact that you get you know folks like bill dewitt prancing out there saying that baseball isn't profitable and then signing you know a gigantic deal with turner for like a billion dollars it's like number one baseball is profitable clearly i mean he just bought like an $8.25 million house or something like that. And number two, oh, I'm so sorry, everyone is financially suffering right now because of a pandemic. But you, the owners feel like you need to make sure that your losses are secured, like on the backs of the people who play the sport and the people who enjoy it. What? I mean, basically, we're in a historic moment right now in which Trevor Bauer is right. (laughs) Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that: you That alone saw is tough, yeah. His Twitter thread yesterday in which basically he's pointing out that this is all a farce, that everything that the league and the owners have been doing is clearly so that they can get to this 50-game number, which they've decided is the amount that they're willing to pay the players to, pay, to play this right. year. And so that's why we had all of these offers that like are supposed to look like negotiations, but are actually for exactly the same amount. And that's why now when the players are like, okay, well, then just tell us when to play. It's a little too early to just say, okay, well, then we're going to set it at 50 games. And so we have to like create another obfuscation for why we are not playing baseball yet. And yeah. it's, it's really, yeah, it's sort of like the last straw. Um, I feel like the league has been banking on the fact that the people who care and are following the back and forth are just like, oh, God, just put us out of our misery. Right. And the people who aren't are like, oh, wow, like Major League Baseball made a bunch of offers and finally ended up with 50 games. Good for them. But then yeah. the Manfred statement yesterday, like, look. I have an unhealthy love of baseball as advertised. I love the sport and I love the overwhelming majority of its players and I love it like it is my flesh and blood relation. Like I love it even when I don't like it. But I am feeling very battered and abused right now by the league. Like yeah. just yesterday morning I was like, "Yes, thank God, just give us her 50 game season and be done with it." And now I'm feeling manipulated into having to be grateful for that which really I should be mildly annoyed about to begin with. And I, th- I think the worst part is, like, I will be grateful. When there's just baseball again, I'll be grateful. But it's our hearts that they're stepping on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and no, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I tweeted out, and and I would not normally quote a tweet. But for some reason— um, But
1: your tweets are very quotable.
0: No, they're not. They're terrible. Yes, they're I'm terrible at this stuff. But— For some reason, this tweet seemed to resonate since it's now been retweeted 10,000 times. Uh, It seems to come to this, the baseball owners who have made billions and been given sweetheart leases, absurd tax breaks, and the legal freedom to run a monopoly are unwilling to give back even a little to their communities and support the very game that they represent. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I've I've written a a longer version of that for The Athletic uh, that we'll be running later today, but But that, to me, is at the heart of it. It's, it's yes, you can, you can, you know, confuse and obfuscate and obfuscate. I don't know how to pronounce that word. And do all those
1: things,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and all those things, and make people believe this is this is you know a pox on both their houses. It's the players and the owners. Some people are going to believe it's just the players. Some people are going to believe that hey, you know, they're all just you know they're they just won't come together and this it's it is nothing, I don't believe it's any of those things. I, I really believe it's owners looking and saying how much money is it worth it for us to bring this sport that has made us billions and billions of dollars that has, you know, millions and millions and millions of Americans and and people around the world have invested their souls into to the point where we can have a strike and, 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 uh, and a lockout and, 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 you know, skip a world series and do whatever we want. They'll still come back. How much is it worth it to us to play this game? And, and the number seems to be shrinking all the time because, you know, as you mentioned, You know, they had it on the table, supposedly, that they were going to play a 48 or 50 or something like that game season. And everybody was trying to avoid that. And now they seem to be backing off of that. Like they don't even want to play that season. So uh, it's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating.
1: It really is. Yeah. I mean, I feel super sentimental even for the moments this week when people were... Talking about steroid use again, or <laughs> when people were, you know, arguing about whether or not that letter is going to be unsealed about additional sign stealing things. Right. I, I think that this is also what this moment has brought us to: is being sentimental for things that were pretty terrible to begin with. <laughs> you know, like I feel very sentimental for the the sign stealing scandal brouhaha last November, sure. and you know, Twitter is full of people being like. Sentimental about George W. Bush and Bud Selig, and it's like no, I don't. I want to (laughs) be sentimental about those things, but it's true they're better than right now. Well,
0: that's right. Well, it it is interesting. It's worth discussing. They the ESPN ran a thirty for thirty this week, as you mentioned on uh, the nineteen ninety eight home run chase uh and which you know did did what these things always tend to do like, like in baseball like with the, with with Jordan's documentary it sort of brought back this flood of nostalgia for for that time period and 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 all of these people who wanted to uh to say basketball is never going to be as good as it was then and all those sorts of things. And in baseball, even though baseball is, is a game built on nostalgia, this 98 thing, what it brought out where a lot of people, it seemed to me, I mean, of course there were people that talked about, you know, how great that was, but more people seemed to talk about what a betrayal of the game it was by these players who, who took steroids and how wrong it was and how terrible anybody is that, that defends that, that time period or whatever the case may be and it does strike me that baseball does have this particular flaw as fans mm. where we're very hard on the game. We're very very hard yeah. on the game. I mean there have been numerous steroid scandals in football including many that undoubtedly have gone unreported. Uh and and so what? You know, I mean football fans are that's fine. They 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 don't just move on. They don't care. And, and, and it's the college football could not possibly have more scandals and, and college football fans move on. They, they don't care, but baseball fans, we, we cling to our grief, you know, we, we, we push back so hard. And I found it really striking that that moment, 98, for those of us who, you know, lived through it and, 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 you know, we're lucky enough in my case to, to be close to it. It was, it was an utter phenomenon. It was, it was Mm -hmm. baseball, you know, was, was back in so many ways to what it had been in the seventies and sixties and fifties. I mean, it was, it was what people were talking about. It was people were thinking about it was on the front page of newspapers again, and it was wonderful. And of course, yes, I mean, a big part of that was that baseball didn't test for steroids, and if you don't test for steroids and don't punish for steroids, people are going to take steroids. That's that that doesn't seem to me to be that complicated a, a, a an equation to to go through. But it's it's you look at it now, and you look at how how shabbily you know the people who are in charge of running this game treat are treating this game, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, you feel nostalgia for like, ah, I wish we were out there arguing about that instead of instead of whatever it is. We're we're not even arguing now. We're just sitting there just going, all right, when does another sport start?
1: Yeah. No, I had a few thoughts about I have not actually seen the thirty for thirty yet, but I I had a few thoughts about the response to it, which I was like, oh, and here we see on display the human need to complain. Um, (laughs) But perhaps you're right that it's actually particular to uh, baseball fans or more particular to baseball fans than to fans of other sports. And the other thought that I had was about, you know, how that – Revitalized the national interest in baseball and the national love yes. of baseball after the strike. And it just made me think about the 2019 bouncy fun ball and how it seems to me, and perhaps this is just uh, carefully arranging articles that have already happened in order to create a narrative but like oh of course what baseball is going to do if they're trying to revitalize interest in the sport is like okay well now we do PED testing so we can't in a sense like count on that for something like that I know we'll just change the ball so ultimately it brought it back around to me just being like man baseball I'm just trying to love you (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to love you but you know I think that and this is another thing that I thought about I have thought again and again about your when you were talking about needing a commissioner who really is just looking out for the game because I think that like there can be so many complaints about Rob Manfred and there are but I feel like perhaps the number one complaint is like it just doesn't seem like he even likes baseball he just doesn't even seem to like it that much. Well,
0: well, you know, I I I don't want I don't know if this'll come off as a as a defense of Rob Manfred. And if it does, that's fine. I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to defend him specifically, but I am saying if you install a labor lawyer as your commissioner, this is what you get. And and I mean I think mm-hmm. Rob Manfred likes baseball. I think he does. I know that it doesn't come across. It's not his job to like baseball, right? That's it's true. his job. To make the owners look as good as they can, while getting the owners as much money as they can, with the second part being significantly more important than the first. By the way,
1: well, but, I think the two are correlated, really, well, like the well, owners' are. money and their happiness. Well, they right, but, not I'm, heard but the I mean, aphorism.
0: well, it's sort of like one of those. Well, look, we have to get the owners this much money now. Your job is to make them look as good as you they can look considering they're going to get this much money you know what i mean i mean it's like like this is this is the job so uh his job is to win his job is to break the union or or do the best that he can to do that or at least at least you know quell the union um that's his job and it's always been his job in baseball i mean that's what he did and and so so yes of course i blame him and and i don't know what his strategy was to come out and and say that there might not be a season and what a disgrace it is. I don't know what the point of that is, um, but I do know that there was a point, and I do know you, Rob Manfred's a very smart person. There's a point, and and the point is in negotiations with the players to get what you can get, and and it's you know, and obviously we'll talk it. Much greater length uh, about this with with uh, Ken, who can who can really give us some insight into what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But but the reality is very clear and very obvious, which is the owners have made a a calculation, and it is a money driven calculation. What they are willing to do to bring baseball, and they're not going to do anything more than that. Yeah. Uh, they really won't. And. We don't know what that line is, by the way, right? The line we, you know, the you would think the line means, hey, we're willing to lose 10 million bucks a team or something like that. I don't know. Maybe 20 million. I don't know what the number is. We're willing to lose it. It might not even be that. It might be we're not, it might, because they won't open their books. So right. the, the reality might be, hey, we're we're unwilling to make less than $5 million a team. I mean, I don't know what. It is the line that they've drawn. I just know that they've drawn that line, and they don't seem to care uh, who they destroy. And I mean, who is in the players, as in the people who love the game, but also the game itself. I I don't think that that they if you told them you know hey what you are doing now will you know make the game fifty percent seventy five percent less popular in ten years. I don't, I don't know that they care. I I mean, I, it just feels oh to me God. like it's very short term, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's just the most intensely short sighted thing I can possibly imagine. Like they could have an opportunity to grow the fan base now with everybody so star for sports and instead they're driving everybody away. And the fact that the league will leak that there are players with COVID but, like, won't share the march agreement because it knows then that we'll all see that the players are right. Or they won't share their financials because then we'll all see that their crying poor is full of hot air. It's awful. It's actually awful.
0: It's not great. It's not it's great. great. All right, right. We're going to be joined with, by Ken here in a few minutes. But before we do that, this is still the podcast. It's and, still the podcast. We, it's supposed to be. And we've kind of lost sight of that the last three weeks because there's been so much going on and, and, and there's been some meaningful talk on here to, despite my best efforts. And I I don't want that. Uh, I mean, I want it. We have to have it. It's, it's important. Uh, it's going to be great to have Ken on here, but we need to remember this is the podcast. So for those of you who might remember uh, the last time Ellen was on, we created a brand new segment uh, called a reading with Ellen, <laughs> where we, where we take a scene From a movie and uh, reenact it exactly as it was uh, acted the first time. Um, And the last time we did it uh, from the natural, there's also, we also did, is it a great player segment without Ellen? We are going to skip that uh, because we have Ken on here, but we are going to do a reading with Ellen. Last time we did it for the natural hospital scene this time. uh, Do you want me to set up the scene? Please. Uh, would you okay, or I didn't know if you wanted to do it. This is a scene you might remember. It is from uh a League of Their Own, one of the maybe the best baseball movie. We'll discuss that at a future date. I, I I think there's an argument to make it's the best baseball movie ever made. I agree. Um so it's a League of Their Own, and this is a very uh a very heartfelt moment. This is the scene where Dottie, uh the star baseball player, decides to leave right before the world series, uh, to go home with, uh, Bob, her, her husband who had just come home, uh, from the war. Uh, so she is leaving the team sort of a little bit in a lurch, I would say. And, uh, and Jimmy Dugan, uh, played by Tom Hanks, uh, is the, is the manager and he is coming out to see that she is leaving, uh, uh Dottie played by Gina Davis. So I will play the role of Jimmy, uh and and ellen will play the role of dotty are you ready is this did i set it up well enough
1: this is the role that i've wanted to play my entire life
0: (laughs) all right so we start the scene as jimmy comes out and sees uh that dotty is by her car and getting ready to leave okay ready to go yeah here we go taking a little day trip
1: oh no bob and i are driving home to oregon
0: oregon really the farm, the beginning, that was in Oregon? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, right at the beginning it said Willamette, Oregon, 1943.
0: I Yeah, I totally missed that. I, I, just, I just don't associate cows with Oregon, I guess. I thought you lived in a place like Nebraska or someplace like that.
1: We have cows in
0: Oregon, Jimmy. Okay, fine. You know, I really thought you were a ball player.
1: Well, you were wrong. Was I? Yeah. It's only a game, Jimmy.
0: No, I, th- I thought you meant that about the cows in Oregon. Uh,
1: there are plenty of cows in Oregon. Uh, according to a quick Google search, there were 1,280,000 cows in Oregon as of 2014.
0: Wait, there are a Google cows in Oregon? That's like a lot of cows. But you're
1: missing the point, Jimmy. It's only a game, and I don't need this. I have Bob. I don't need this. I don't.
0: Bob? Really? Have you seen Sleepless in Seattle? Bob is a complete dud. Meg Ryan chose me just based on what she heard over the radio. I
1: thought the kid in that movie was really annoying.
0: You know, I gave away five years at the end of my career to drinking. Five years. And now there isn't anything I wouldn't give back to get any one day.
1: Well, what what about that one day you struck out four times against the Cardinals?
0: That guy was throwing a spitball. <laughs>
1: Well, we're different.
0: This is chicken shit, Dottie. You want to go back to Nebraska.
1: Oregon. I'm
0: just not seeing Oregon. All right, but okay, you want to go back to Oregon and make a hundred babies? Great. I'm in no position to tell anyone how to live.
1: No, but you're in a pretty good position for some casual 1940s sexism. A hundred babies? Really? What am I? A racehorse? One hundred babies.
0: But sneaking out like this, quitting... How
1: old do you think I am that I'm going to have a hundred babies? I mean, uh, according to IMDB, I'm 36 years old here. My husband just got back from the war. What's wrong with you?
0: Okay, fine. I apologize for the hundred babies thing.
1: You are so canceled.
0: Point is, sneaking out like this, quitting, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. That's it? Yeah. What else is there to say?
1: I thought you were going to say that baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good actually.
1: Yeah. It it just got too hard. What did? It
0: What what is it? <sighs> is this is this about the pitchers walking you all the time?
1: Well, it sucks, okay? I can't remember the last time I got a decent pitch to hit. But no, it's not that.
0: Is it catching every game? You know, I could spell you as a DH now and then if that makes it easier.
1: What's a DH? This is 1943,
0: Jimmy. (laughs) Well, you're the one that used Google.
1: Look, it isn't the catching either. Well, what then? I don't know. Maybe it was that we traded my sister to our biggest rival right before the World Series and she immediately becomes their best pitcher and best I can tell, we got nothing in return? I mean, seriously, are we even trying to win?
0: Well, apparently not, since you're just leaving right in the middle when the series is about to start. It got too hard. Okay, fair point. It stinks when stuff gets hard. Probably best for you to go. Okay, say bye to Bob for me.
1: That's it? That's what you're going to say?
0: Yeah, I, I thought I'd go with sarcasm. <sighs> what? Why? What did you think I was going to say?
1: Honestly, I thought you were going to say... It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great.
0: Yeah, that's better. Let, let's go with yours. And scene. There
1: we go. Oh, you're such a genius.
0: <laughs> there we go. So that, and, and, and those of you who have seen uh, A League of Their Own, you know that's exactly how the scene went. I mean, word for word, it, it's it's. Great. It's yeah. it's great how I mean, it's great how they did that.
1: Yeah, I think the anachronisms are part of what make it so yeah. yeah. Timeless, I mean it's actually it, relatable to people even today.
0: <laughs> t- t- exactly right. I, I I think, you know, when you think about when you think about that movie. You think about them arguing about whether she was from oregon or nebraska i think Mm -hmm. that's pretty much what that movie was all about Mm -hmm. all right Alan. so uh i have got to do a a quick advertisement here for hawthorne Um, uh
1: i'm an american so i love advertisements
0: well of course as well and and who who doesn't love uh hawthorne right i mean this is a perfect opportunity to talk about the scarlet letter
1: and and uh and the the house of some number of gables It's so many gables. I really have a weird mental block with like remembering specific numbers. Well, because it's like
0: seven brides for seven brothers and house of seven gables. It's all gables. Okay. All
1: right. That's helpful. It must be seven. No, no, like that wasn't a joke. I legitimately can't remember how many gables it was. (laughs) When I was in importance of being earnest, like I always know all of my lines, but. Uh, I had a line in which I had to say that I was some age and it was my main terror that I would like say the wrong age. Cause I just can't remember numbers. Anyway, I'm sorry. Please tell me about Hawthorne. <laughs> I'm
0: going to tell you about Hawthorne a little bit. I'm, I'm going to read right off of the uh, thought starter. Uh, this the people who, who have listened to this will remember that last time uh, this, this was the one that uh, Mike uh, and I uh, and Linda talked about thought points Uh, all right. So talk about your first experiences or funny experiences with cologne, for example, still wearing polo blue from high school girlfriend, walking into Sephora to get cologne, being overwhelmed by all the choices you wear old spice and girls think you smell like their dads. Okay. So those were the thought starters. None of those have started a single thought for me. So I'm going to get to the main point about Hawthorne Hawthorne main points to hit one smelling good is important. I think that's that's fair right Smelling good is important two Hawthorne smells really good. I totally believe them that's their job they're, that's what they're going for mm-hmm. and three getting Hawthorne cologne is so easy okay how easy is it? Well I'll, I'll tell you you can check them out at uh. hawthorne.co that's Hawthorne with an e and dot Co not .com. but I need to I, there are other points I need to include before I get to that uh i can mention that you can gift this for father's day father's day is coming up my family will get me something uh related to peanuts like they always do <laughs> the peanuts comic strips so they will get me something like that but maybe maybe this year they'll get me uh maybe they'll get me hawthorne uh, a cologne i would love that uh you can also you can take a quiz by the way at hawthorne.co in order to get the exact cologne that fits you i have taken that quiz uh, I don't oh. remember what, it was, there were good questions. They were fun questions. I don't remember what cologne it it recommended for me, but but that's okay. It wasn't
1: like, what kind of things do your do? Does your family usually get you for Father's Day? And no. peanuts, then this?
0: No, it was really specifically related as I recall to <laughs> scents, what kind of scent, uh, I guess, interests you. And also like they asked like some very, it's a very fun quiz. I highly recommend, I'm not joking. I highly recommend people go. <laughs> To Hawthorne.co and take the quiz. It's very fun. Uh, here's how it works. You take a quick two-minute quiz, which I just told you about. is very fun. And Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you. One for work and one for play. Oh, so Who has two different colognes? What kind of world is this? That tells you how how utterly unfamiliar with the cologne world I am, that I'm amazed that there are two different kinds of colognes like that.
1: I have more than... Two different Look, kinds of perfume.
0: I bet you do. How many there, perfumes would you say you have? Different. Oh, I mean,
1: uh, four.
0: Ah, that's yeah. way lower than I was expecting. I was yeah, expecting it's like a much fewer
1: than the number of fantasy leagues that I play. in. For yeah, example. see, I was
0: I was expecting like oh, 13. I have thirteen no, different kinds. No,
1: no, it's it's yeah, it's more it's more than one, buddy. Even
0: it's... with four, how do you decide which one you're going to use?
1: Hmm? Oh, it's kind of it's just sort of random. Yeah, I, well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. I don't have one for work and one for play. It's just. Sort of like, I would oh, yeah, want I one. I want if if I'm going to do
0: it, I'm going all in. I want one for work, one for play, one for when I go to the bank, one for like ball games, uh,
1: car wash,
0: one for yeah when I'm filling up gas, one for yeah shopping. I, I just think yeah. different different kinds. Well, uh, it, in
1: Truth. Sorry to let, let this go on longer, but that's the that's what I'm good at. Um, I often start with a bottle of perfume because I will when I'm in a play. I will buy a perfume for that character and I will put it wow. on for the play so that I then sort of feel like, oh, this is what this character smells like. But then I will continue to own it. I don't usually go through the entire bottle of perfume. And so, yes, the, the, the perfumes oh, I- that I have are left over from that.
0: But when you're playing shakespearean roles you should be getting like the the various uh elizabethan oils to to, yes. to to bathe yourself in yeah i can tell you this about hawthorne it is totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns you can check them out at hawthorne.co i'll say that again because it could be confusing it's hawthorne with an e so like nathaniel hawthorne uh and dot co not dot com i don't i don't know why that is I don't, I guess Hawthorne.com was probably taken by, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne fans. Hawthorne.co. And if you use this promo code POS for the podcast, uh, yeah, you know, POS is not the best for, for this really, but the
1: pause. That's what it is. the kids call this. They don't call it the pause yeah. They call it the pause.
0: The kids wouldn't listen to this. <laughs> but if you go to hawthorn.co and use my promo code PAUSE POS, you get 10% off your first purchase. That's great. That's hawthorn.co. Use my promo code POS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have to put on our meaningful hats for a few moments. We're going to be joined by uh the athletics ken rosenthal right after this
2: ken uh i don't know have you been kind of busy lately or anything actually yes joe kind <laughs> of busy i would have anticipated say on march 1st no we've all had our little uh obviously different challenges with this situation and all of us are more fortunate than a lot of people. So, yeah. but it's been crazy busy and it's not the most fun thing to cover, frankly, but no. hopefully we'll get baseball back soon.
0: Well, let's hope. Let's hope. All right. So this is, we are talking to you at Tuesday at about one o'clock Eastern. And I feel like I need to give a time, uh, stamp in order to, 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 to place this thing. Where do we stand right now? As far as, uh, there being any kind of baseball season in 2020?
2: Well, Yesterday, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, went on ESPN five days after saying unequivocally there would be a season and said he was not confident that there would necessarily be a season. They're not talking, et cetera, et cetera. Now, upon reporting this, what we learned, Evandrelic and I, is that they want to talk to the union. They, They want to engage and have real conversations instead of scathing letters going back and forth and all kinds of issues. So... Their hope is that the union will engage them and then they can get back to talking about an agreement. They want a negotiated agreement. They clearly, clearly now, the owners in Manfred do not want to implement a season of fifty odd games. They want to get an agreement that includes expanded playoffs, broadcast enhancements with the players' involvement, different kinds of goodies yeah. that would make it much more whole and it would also resolve the health and safety protocols, the opt outs, all of these different things. If you implement, you're kind of doing it without an agreement. So, two different worlds. The owners of Manfred do not want to live in the world of implementation, and now they have to make a deal. It would help, Joe, I'll conclude with this, if they would make one offer, just <laughs> one, that includes the full prorated salaries because clearly the players aren't taking anything else. So you have to start talking the same language. They have not done that yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels very frustrating because I think it's been pretty clear to everybody for a while that, that, that the players were not going to take anything less than a full prorated salary. And, and people should know, by the way, that a full prorated salary is still a, a, an enormous pay cut. For the players. I mean, and, and we understand what the situation is, but but if there was an 81 game season, that would be a 50% pay cut for every player. I mean, so that's that's how the players are viewing it. The owners obviously view it uh differently. But when you look at this and 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 how the owners are sort of where they are in all of this, and of course the the huge amount of scorn that has come down on them for the last uh, 24 hours or 18 hours or whatever it is, where are they willing to go? Like, what are they willing to do in order to bring the
2: players to the negotiating table? That's a very good question. And my understanding is that before they can get to the big question, which is the number of games, they have to get through a lot of little questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ultimately though, the question is, How many games are you going to play? And I wrote a column, I think it was last Wednesday, saying it should be 72, let's go, propose it right now, they'll take it. I assume they would take it. Now, maybe the number is not that high because the owners say that they're gonna lose additional money with every game played if they're paying full prorated salary. So for them, 50 is better than 51, which is better than 52, et cetera. So they might not wanna go to 72. I don't know what the sweet spot is, as I wrote today, maybe it's 63 maybe it's 65 maybe it's some other number maybe they can get to 72 now but
0: yeah yeah i mean it just feels so i don't know i mean at when this first when the first negotiations began and and you know baseball threw out the number of 48 games And at that point, I think the players had thrown out something like 114, which was, which is obviously never going to happen. It felt like the middle ground was, was the middle ground, right? I mean, it's 72, 81, 76, whatever it is, somewhere in that middle ground felt like they were going to go. And man, it, it deteriorated from there rather than, rather than building up to that negotiation. Do you, can they get beyond the obvious mistrust that, each side feels for each other in order to, to actually get negotiations going again?
2: So far, the answer is no. Yeah. And clearly they have to, and they have to stop being so insular and think of the bigger picture. I think that's clear. But they have this history, they're trapped in it, and they're having a hard time escaping it. Now, when we talk about 114 versus 48 and the middle number being somewhere in the I think it was eighty-two. Eighty-two, right? It's right yeah. here around here. Yeah, which is the right number. The problem with that, looking at it that way, Joe, is that it's not the same math because the prorated salaries are different. They make it sure. different. So it's prorated, full prorated at forty-eight versus a pay cut at one fourteen. The players don't want to do that, so it, it's again not talking apples and apples. And that's why the obvious solution, which is what you just described, was not the obvious solution. Yeah. so all right here we are what's the number going to be that to me is the, the thing that needs to be resolved and it should not be that difficult
0: yeah <laughs> well i mean that's that I, that feels to me well I, as you know I, you know i have i have written and and i'm not the only one you've you've said some things along these lines i don't understand why from the very start there weren't more sort of creative thoughts, you know, placed in, in into yep. this thing. You know, I mean, it, it felt like it came down to pay in full or don't pay in full, how many games uh, how, versus how many not games, uh, what would expand to playoffs versus non-expanded. You know, it just felt like it was all like trying to jam uh, a real season into this crazy global pandemic that we're all in the middle. Why was that? Why weren't there more interesting, provocative, uh, and, 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 and possibly, you know, profitable from that matter, uh, solutions suggested.
2: Well, I don't know that with the economics, there can be that much creativity. Mm It sort of is what it is. But I think what you're referring to are these ideas with the rules of the game and all these funky things they could have done, double headers, all these things, July 4th, opening day. I remember this was must have been in April. Jason and Stark, Jason Stark and I wrote kind of a series, really a short series, not a Joe yes. Posnatsky type series. <laughs> it was maybe three or four stories, just about all the cool things they could do. And of course, that's all gotten lost, really. Yeah. For the most part.
0: Well, I think that that was part of it, but I also think you know I wrote that that I I just didn't understand why baseball couldn't do a college World Series type yep. season, right? Where where you have all the teams and you you put them in pods and and regionals and and you know i i think there is money to be made from a television perspective it's a made for television spectacle like that i it like i say i it, it was it was disappointing to me Alan ellen, ellen what do you think what what are, what are your questions for ken
1: I mean, I almost feel like if we're going to have a 50 game season, I don't know how you can do anything else other than sort of toy with the postseason or make it expanded. And so, I mean, I guess my main question is, is, is it really true that they're not possible? It's not possible for them to negotiate anything else until they negotiate the number of games, because it seems to me like the two are sort of interrelated.
2: Yeah, that's true, Alan. And certainly the postseason schedule is interrelated with the regular season schedule. If you're going to end September 27th and the intention of the clubs is to be at that date and then have the postseason completed by October, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much time that's left. The clock is ticking. So I remember last week talking to somebody from NLB who said, well, we're proposing 76 games right now, but 76 games might be much more difficult to accomplish next week. Mm -hmm. So here we go. And this is part of the problem. They are. Wasting time and they've wasted time. They, there are people who believe we could have had a 100 game season if they would have just gotten their acts together soon. Now, there were some things going against that, such as early in the pandemic. They didn't really know quite what was going to be available. They didn't really want to move too fast because it would have been insensitive. Sure. Then, of course, they didn't really have an economic discussion going at that time. Okay, fine. But You've got to do better than 50 games. And it seems that they will, but it's going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So,
0: so you're, you're talking to people, you're hearing frustrations, of course, behind the scenes that, that, uh, that, you know, people just unloading, I'm sure on each other and that sort of thing with the place where we are, we heard the commissioner say this, do you think it's a hundred percent? We're going to have some kind of baseball season.
2: I do. I have thought this from the start, Joe. And at the start, I remember talking with some of our other writers, baseball writers, and they were like, Kenny, there's no way I said, guys, there's going to be a season. They cannot cancel the season. There's just too much to lose. I'm just thinking about it pragmatically from that state. You cannot go dark for almost 18 months. You cannot have zero revenue from a season like this. You have to do something. So that is what I have believed from the very beginning. I still believe it, but given that we're sitting here on, what is it, Joe, June 16th, yeah, and we're still talking about this, and yesterday the commissioner said he was not confident of having a season, I'm not sure I can speak with any authority on any of this. Well, that's that's
0: 100% right. I mean, you know, I think you're right. I mean, every bit of logic, and look, you've been at this from the very beginning and you've, you've seen how this has progressed and, and, and you've, you've really understood and, 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 you know, both sides of, of this argument, it, it doesn't seem possible to, to, to me that there won't be a baseball season at the same time and, or some effort to make a baseball season, by the way, because we don't know where the pandemic is going. We, you know, all of those things are, are, are still, you know, there, nobody has any power over that. But that said, you're exactly right. I, if you had told me we'd be like on June 16th with every other sport sort of having a plan and baseball, literally having the commissioner of baseball come out and say, I'm not sure we're going to have a season. I could never predicted that. I never could have thought that they would have allowed it to get this far.
2: No, I agree. And it started this. I remember telling a friend of mine who loves baseball. I said, Hey, Put your head down for two weeks. Don't pay any attention to anything. (laughs) And it will work out. It's going to get really ugly, but it will work out. Now, it's gone on for a lot longer than two weeks. I still think it's going to work out, but I never, like you, Joe, imagined it would get to this point.
1: I wonder for for myself as as a baseball fan who's hoping that it works out, that if it's almost that I have come to believe some of the conspiracy theories because those conspiracy theories, Theories still end up with a result in which we have baseball. And so it's sort of like, oh, Manfred said, came out and said the thing that he did because he just needed to stall a little bit more rather than because he really doesn't think that there's going to be baseball. I tend not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I I recognize now that I might be one um, in defense of my own optimism.
2: Well, there are some people on the player side who think that MLB is stalling. And that the reason to stall is you wait and then the calendar passes and you only have time for 50 game seasons, they play 50 games. I don't know that that is accurate. I believe the commissioner at least wants to play more. I don't know about all of the owners.
1: A few owners like don't want to play, right? I mean, they're not on the record, but yeah.
2: They're not on the record. No one will ever admit it. But there are owners who believe unless the union takes pay cuts, we're not playing. And I'm not even sure if the union takes pay cuts if they're eager to play. Uh, the owners are all in different circumstances it's club by club. It's not big market, small market, like it used to be, uh, whether it be that, that kind of division, it's kind of individual. It's a, it's a, it's so, I mean, it's,
0: it's, it is complicated when you get down into the, to the nitty gritty, but if you, based on your reporting and based on the people you've talked to, what do you think the commissioner was trying to get across? by saying, you know, this is a disaster, but there might not be a season.
2: I actually believe what he wanted to get across was that we need to negotiate. We need to get to the table. We need to stop all of this back and forth. That's not the message that people got. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) And certainly wasn't (laughs) what anyone took out of it. So, okay, bad message, but my goodness, you're the commissioner, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> You've got to be clear about this. And you spent, when you say five days ago, unequivocally, 100% we're playing. People were pretty enthused to hear that. And then you'd say five days later, mm, maybe not. It was just not a great look. No. No, not a great look. Can I? I can't let you go
0: uh, just talking about this. I have to ask you a baseball question because sure, let's do it. Because let's let's talk baseball. Let's let's talk baseball for one second here. Well, first of all, two things. I have two baseball questions for you. One is I don't know if you saw the thirty for thirty that the ESPN did on the nineteen ninety eight uh, uh, summer. Um, of course, you and I both covered that uh, at 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 great length. What are your memories of that? And sort of, what do you think? Because clearly it was trying to define a new legacy for that summer, or at least trying to, I don't know about change the legacy, but at least give it some context. When you think about 98, what do you think about?
2: I don't think about steroids. I'll tell you that. And I think about the excitement, not just among baseball fans, but really the entire country. And it was so fun, so much fun to follow it every day. What did McGuire? What did Sosa do today? It was really cool. Obviously, it did play a role, along with Ripken breaking the consecutive games record, in bringing the sport back from the strike of 1994-95. There's no question about that. But that is what I remember. I remember my son was probably six or so back then, not a baseball fan. And I would talk to him about this, and he was into it. He liked Sammy Sosa. And it brought people into the game that weren't normally fans of the sport. So from that perspective, it was extremely positive, and it was a lot of fun to cover. And no, I don't know that many of us thought anything was amiss. Maybe a few writers, but we were late. I will admit that always. Sure. We were late to this understanding of what was going on. And at that point, it was pretty celebratory. Yeah. I, I mean, that's it's it's so it's very
0: hard to kind of go back to that. If you're, if you're, certainly if you're too young to remember it, although the younger people seem to be more forgiving, uh, than, than maybe some of the older people are about the whole thing, but it was such a celebration for the game and it came at an important time. As you said, of course, even more close to your heart, of course, was Ripken breaking the, the, uh, the consecutive games, uh, record, which really was sort of the first bit of positive, news to to hit the game after the strike right i mean that was sort of the first big national thing that happened you know it it's i think about what's happening to the game now and of course so much of this it's so important to remember and give it context so much of this has is nobody's fault i mean this is this is the situation that the world has been thrown in i mean this is this is a global pandemic right but i think about how hard it was to come out of that of that time period and how in many ways it it, it you know some people never went back to the game after yeah. after that um can, i mean it feels to me like just looking at history they can't let themselves they, they can't let something like that happen again
2: you know I agree. and you take a risk no there's no question about that when these kinds of things go on and you do lose a percentage of people what percentage i don't know Jason Stark and I got into a pretty spirited debate on his podcast a couple of days ago about yep. this idea that fans aren't coming, won't come back. And Jason said he's really worried about that. And I was like, nah, sport always regenerates itself. There will be new heroes, new favorite teams that we see come out of nowhere, cool things happening all around. But it's difficult to say where this all leads. And, hey, the pandemic alone might change the way spectators choose to go to live events. It's fabulous. all of these things are elements in baseball's near future. And some of them are quite problematic. So I do firmly believe that, yes, things will get back to normal and fans will love their teams like they always do. But it might take some time. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no question. All right. Last question for you on a baseball side. Sorry, uh Ellen, I'm gonna grab him. No, go for it. You know that I put together my top hundred. I should of do. It was a boss. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh who would you
2: have put at number one? First of all. <laughs> that series. I need I want people to understand this. To those of us who work in the same profession as Joe. It's sort of incomprehensible the amount of work that went into that thing every day it was great every day and i just i was overwhelmed by it in a good way i was like this is amazing and i was so happy we had it on the athletic number one for me is willie okay it's difficult and i have no problem with any choice at all babe ruth is a great choice there are other great choices willie just to me, kind of defined what a ball player should be and had sustained excellence for a very long time. I'm reading the book by John Shea and Willie right now. And it Terrific. reinforces to me, yes, just how good this guy, great this guy was. So that's my guy, I would say. I like it, I like it. I think that's a
0: great pick. All right, Ken, I wanna have you back on because I want baseball to come back. So, so we'll, sure. we'll, we'll have you back on when the game comes back. Thank you, Ken, for, uh, for taking the time.
2: Thank you, Joe, and thanks, Alan. Oh, thank you. Okay, so,
0: uh, Alan, so our next ad is uh, for, (laughs) you're already laughing, we haven't even started. I'm
1: excited about it.
0: It's so exciting, it's for dugout mugs, dugout (laughs) mugs. Uh, Very exciting, here are some talking points. I will choose a few, but I will also make it as authentic as possible, because that's what it's telling me to do on this thing. And
1: that's what you do effortlessly, Joe.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be authentic, even though this is the first time I have ever read this. A company started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name Dugout Mugs. Okay, so the company was started in a college baseball dugout. All right, I'm into it. That's really good. These guys are total bench warmers. They were just sitting there, game going (laughs) on. They're like, we ought to start a company. All right, what kind of company do they want to start? Uh, they wanted to start a company where they turned the barrel of a baseball bat into a 12 ounce mug. Wow. So they they saw the barrel of a baseball bat and said, that could be a mug. That's what they said. They saw that. By yeah, the way, I if feel- they were in a college dugout, weren't they looking at aluminum bats?
1: That's a good point. And I mean, perhaps actually, I was about to make a comment about them riding the pine and the reasoning for them thinking that it should be a mug was because they uh. couldn't find any other use for a baseball bat. However, <laughs> charitably, an aluminum bat does more strongly resemble like a can of beer. So uh, there you go. Perhaps they were like, oh, this reminds me of a drinking receptacle. Also, they might be sure maybe those be- were the
0: exact words. Maybe they were pitchers and this just wasn't their day, their pitch day. So, I, you know, Fair. we don't want yes. to say that they're, that they're bench warmers, despite the fact that's what this entire ad seems to suggest. <laughs> <clears throat> they say that, okay, so these are 12 ounce mugs uh, made out of baseball bat barrels. They are licensed by MLB. So you can have your favorite team laser engraved onto a birch. I mean, Ellen, if you don't get a Phillies mug like this, I don't even know what's going on in the world.
1: I don't, uh, I don't either. I think I'd, I'd better just to get 2020 oh, back on yeah. track. Your favorite team
0: laser engraved onto a birch wood baseball bat barrel mug. Wow. That, by the way, what a mouthful that is. Uh, it is perfect for the big game. So I guess if you're, I guess it's not perfect for like a regular game. You, you, you need to bring it out <laughs> for a big game. It's also perfect to be put on display or to be the life of the party. I mean think about it you're at a party it's kind of dead and suddenly you bring out the the beer mug in the shape of the baseball bat everything changes everything changes it's 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 also unique gift for a baseball fan uh and by the way i think we just talked about this father's day it's coming up but you also can if you're just missing baseball they give you that option too so if you if you like us i'm just missing baseball i i would want to uh to get a mug in the shape of a ba- uh, baseball bat.
1: Okay, yeah, so here's. One thing they didn't suggest is that if you miss baseball, you could just snuggle with it at night.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I, that, that doesn't feel to me like that would be that useful, really. <laughs> But you could have the side of your bed, maybe you know. I, I mean, it's a mug, but you could put anything in it, right? You could put pencils in it, I suppose. You could, you know, you could do, you could do all kinds of things with the with yeah. this. There's, we're not gonna, we're not here to give you all the options, but there it's are so true. many.
1: There, are, there are so many. I mean, the yeah, the one where you bring it out of your backpack at a party—that's a little lame—is is clearly the best. Yeah, that,
0: that one, I wouldn't have used that necessarily,
1: but that's what they offered here.
0: So here's how you I do like it. it: you go to dugoutmugs.com. Dugoutmugs.com, and if you put the slash the athletic uh, and use promo code MLB30, that's a lot of. It's pretty complicated here. Okay, so you got to go to Dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic, and then you have to use the promo code MLB30, MLB30, and you'll get thirty percent off your first purchase. So you go to Dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic. Use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. Uh, Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today.
1: Yes, fill that baseball void with a bat that has a void in it. (laughs) It's a a voidless. It's a void. But but you know you what? Can fill that void with other things with del- delicious liquids and as you mentioned pencils and like you can do skittles. You
0: skittles absolutely yeah. m m's uh M&Ms. hershey's kisses what if you came into somebody's house and saw a dugout mug filled with hershey's kisses how happy would that make you
1: i would be like i have come to my place these people understand me
0: but what if it said yankees on it i would leave <laughs> it all really I'd comes down to the, the door. name I was going to say it all really like comes down to the name
1: your chocolate is tainted <laughs> I you I probably will only... have 27 Hershey's kisses in there and <laughs> I won't stand for that kind of gloating I will.
0: I would take like 6 of them so, to make it although that would still be 21 Yankees which is still too good
2: to alright
0: dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic and the promo code is MLB30 Okay, Ellen. So, um, what do we think? What are you ha- are you more optimistic, less optimistic, same optimistic after hearing Ken?
1: I'm always happier after I hear Ken's opinion about anything. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and I think heartened certainly that he still thinks that there will be a baseball season. And to be honest, I still think that, that there will be a baseball season. I'm just um, angrier about it than I was. Even forty eight hours ago,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I still think there's going to be a nineteen ninety four World Series. I mean, I really do. Like, I I still <laughs> find myself going, they wouldn't cancel the World Series. Like, they wouldn't do that. Like, that wouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah, but it yeah, did. And then they and then they brought true. a bunch of uh, scab uh, players to come out, and it was a it was awful. So so I I guess I don't ever want to overestimate the the uh you know sort of general uh intelligence of 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 the crowds right i mean like individually i think everybody is is very very smart involved but in in these large settings where hurt feelings get involved and and the the fights get nasty you know i don't know i i wish i could say i'm super confident i i believe like if you if you if you said okay you've got to choose i mean i believe there will be a season of some sort uh i think it will be sort of thrown together i think the players will not be thrilled to be out there and uh and i think there'll be some sort of some sort of playoff maybe uh depending on where we are with the pandemic and and it'll be fine i mean we'll love it because it's baseball and baseball will be back but uh, i just i just don't I don't even know if we're going to get that and and if we do get that it'll be like okay well why did you have to why did you have to hit us in the face 10 times before you gave us that you know I mean that that's sort of at the end of the day what uh, what what it comes uh, what it comes back to
1: Yeah I mean despite being a realist optimist I do feel like the past 5 years have definitely taught Americans that like sometimes the worst case scenario is exactly what happens Yeah um so, yes, that's true, but I, I I and it's I cannot say I'm not going to give a percentage to my certainty that there no. will be a major league baseball season. No. Um, not only because it's been shown that that's maybe not a great thing to do, but yeah, I still feel like it's more likely that it will happen than not.
0: I think it will. I think at some point there it just there's too much to lose for too many people, so I think they'll they'll eventually fall back on it and it'll be whatever the minimum is I don't know in number of games but whatever the pure minimum is and and I don't think anybody's going to be excited and of course the even even you know sort of tougher is that on the other side of this is is the the you know the big negotiation that's that's yet to come I mean the, yeah. the you know the deal between the players and and owners runs out in 2021 and and nothing that's happening now is is bringing them together in any way. Which which you know, and in, in a perfect world, it would have. In a perfect world, it would have brought them together enough to say, you know, let's let's bring baseball to people. I mean, let's play. This is what we do. This is our business. Uh, people want it. You know, I, I don't know. At times, I have thought that that baseball had an opportunity here to mm-hmm. expand its reach. Uh, you know, and especially with people so desperate for, for something I've, I've seen some very strong counter arguments to that. Maybe baseball didn't have that opportunity, but baseball certainly had an opportunity to sort of re-engage with their fans. And, uh, uh they, they're blowing it. It's just They had
1: an they, opportunity to do better than this. I think that yeah, that that's for sure. Unequivocally stated, 100% they had an opportunity <laughs> to do it better than this.
0: Hard to imagine them not to do, do doing worse. <laughs> like, I mean, it's again, it's it's hard to figure out a worst case scenario, so. All right, well, uh, sort of a meaningful podcast. We did get our reading in, which was great. Yeah. Uh, I think we do have time for a one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing.
1: It's one last meaningless thing. Talk about sports, and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no diet coke for Joe. The podcast, whoa, it's one
2: last whoa, meaningless thing.
0: Why did you go first? Why? I want to hear your meaningless
1: thought. So my husband has been growing a very formidable beard. and It is formidable. Hair, which was already long because he was trying to, he had an additional day of filming on a movie and he had to match very long hair that he had last summer. So Ooh. he came into the lockdown with already like pretty long hair and his hair was, you know, as it does only getting longer. And so he decided to seize this opportunity by buying a House of David jersey. Sure. Um, So for for anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know, because we didn't know about the House of David before this year, I don't think, they were a religious commune that um, because they wanted to promote athletics, they created their own baseball team And they the men had long hair and long beards and they played, you know, amongst other just sort of like barnstorming teams. They would play the Negro Leagues, et cetera. And so Eric decided to take this opportunity to take a picture of. Well, I'm the one who took the picture. We went outside (laughs) of our apartment and I took pictures of him uh, wearing his house of David Jersey with his very long beard and long hair. And it sort of feels to me like the best thing that happened in baseball this week. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's really even
0: close. I I think, uh, (laughs) but, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't finish the moral of the story. Uh, um, because I texted you to, to say that, that, uh, that Eric's beard, uh, that your feelings about Eric's beard were very similar to my own wife's Margot's feelings about my own beard. Uh, at which point you broke the news that it's gone.
1: Well, he, he, yes, he, he buzzed his hair and he trimmed his beard. And I purposely didn't mention that because you said that you didn't want me to, no, to say anything about it because you didn't want Margot to know well, that it's possible to trim one's beard.
0: That is true. But so I, I will say this. was trying to be
1: a good friend.
0: And you are a good friend, but I should <laughs> say the chances that Margot will listen to this are so low. they're There's zero. <laughs>
1: Really, okay. there's
0: there's more of a chance that we're gonna get a hundred and sixty-two game season in baseball than Margot listening to this. Right. So That's fair. so we're in That's pretty good really
1: shape. So we can have all of our secrets about how awesome we think Margot is. <laughs> yeah, we this is this She'll is the place. You'll never know. She'll this never This is the place. Blush. If
0: like if I was if I was thinking of like what a really cool anniversary gift is to get Margot, I could just say it on this podcast and it would not <laughs> there'd be zero chance she'd ever hear it. One other thought about the House of David, since you mentioned it, uh, I just wrote a piece uh, a couple of days ago for my Greatest moments series about uh, Jackie Mitchell, the young woman who struck out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and and all of that. Jackie Mitchell played for the House of David and also wore a beard uh, as as part of uh, that scene. Uh, and Satchel Page played played for the house of David for a while and, and wore a beard himself. So, so it is a, it is the house of David is a wonderful, wonderful part of baseball history.
1: Yes. That you must wear a false beard in order to pitch for the house of David is a, or, or a real beard. You can wear a real yes. beard. If you yes. Want, you can you wear know. a real beard, but lacking a real beard, you, you, you can strap one on.
0: Right. I don't think Jackie Mitchell was going to be able to grow a real beard. So, yeah. so, uh,
1: buy our beards. If we had them, you are a knave. <laughs> That's Shakespeare. I'm bringing it back around to our original podcast. Yes. I love it.
0: Anytime you can bring Shakespeare to this meaningless podcast, please do.
1: All right, my, my, my one
0: last meaningless thing is. Um, so this is this this is not unusual, and this is this happens uh, to people I know all the time. But the other uh, night, uh, because it's always at night, um, one of our smoke alarms or CO two alarms started <gasps> chirping. Uh, oh as these things do. And, uh, and, and, you know, it chirps and basically just telling you that, you know, it's a low battery or whatever. And I spent, I, you know, I don't know how many we have in this house. It's not that many, but, but several in this house, I guess, uh, four, probably four or five. Cause we have some that are plugged in to the wall and all that. Um, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find which one it was because the chirp, would go off every minute or so, and so we'd hear the chirp, and I'd be like, "Okay, it's this one," and then we'd have to wait the minute uh, to hear the chirp again. Then we'd hear the chirp, and we'd be like, "Okay, it's not that one." Sort of like the there is a there is a uh, Baker Mayfield commercial like this, where he is searching through Cleveland Stadium for the for the alarm that is chirping. So so but we wandered around and chirped, and I am not the sort of person who can uh, invent things. Like I don't, like I wish I had that skill like to, <laughs> to come up with inventions and things, I can't. But it occurred to me, I cannot believe that alarm people and CO2 uh, alarm people, smoke alarm and CO2 alarm people have not put a low battery light on their alarms. That, that feels, that feels to me like it is the simplest piece of technology there is like, like it, it goes back to like the 1920s, I think, or, or earlier to just put a low battery light so that when you get there and you see the low battery, light, okay, that's the alarm that needs the battery and that's it. And, and I don't know what that would cost to add to it. I can't imagine it would be more than, (laughs) than a few pennies to add this to the CO2 alarm, um. (laughs) <laughs> but now that's my my sort of dream in life. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I can make billions from it, from my idea to add a, a low battery light to it. And if I made billions, I would buy a baseball team. And if I bought a baseball team, I would have them play ball no matter how much it cost me this year. I just want to say, it, you can follow the logic all the way through. The yeah. main point yeah. being these these alarms need low battery lights. The second main point being, I would love to have billions so I could buy a baseball team. The third point being if I had billions, I would lose as much money as necessary every year and I would do anything I could because I love the game.
1: That's it. Yes. I mean, that does. Your, your point runs slightly the risk of becoming meaningful, but we'll let it pass because I don't think so. I don't think excellent so. Excellent sentiment. And <laughs> I want to say that I could not be more on board with you for this because I, and I realize that this is going to betray me as the sort of like fake adult that I am. I, this, earlier this year, I had my first encounter with replacing the battery in a CO2 alarm right. and I'm in a one bedroom apartment. And so there's only one. So there was not that mystery. However, there was the mystery of the fact that if you remove if you take the alarm off of the wall and look at the back, and I'm not remembering exactly what this is because I have a hard time remembering numbers, but it's something like four chirps is death and five (laughs) chirps is replace the battery. That's right, that's right. And and like they should just have it be something else if you need to replace the battery. It should chirp once, but I'm there. Eric was away doing a show in Florida. I was by myself mabel was that is my dog mabel was freaking out because she hates it when alarms oh, go the off dogs go psycho her, 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 chirps, yes. yes her sweet little ears are very damaged by it and so i'm trying to assuage mabel's fears while also wondering like wait is this telling me that i'm dying right now i'm like <laughs> waiting for a minute to like count the chirps to be sure, like Googling at the same time. I almost, I mean, I didn't, but like, I was like, what do I do if this is, if I am dying? Do I just leave? Do I call the fire department? Like I was Googling these things and they could have easily solved that by just having a battery light. And so I think it's really your responsibility to the world to create this, um, not least of which, because I really want you to own a baseball team.
0: And then I get to own a baseball team. That's really all it takes. That's really, that's really all it takes.
1: Yeah. The, the,
0: the chirp, I believe it's one chirp every 60 seconds. If the battery is, is, is need in need. And then it's one chirp every 52 seconds. If you need to get out of the apartment because you're, you're going to die because of the CO2 levels. And then I think it's one chirp every 47 seconds. If, there is actually, uh, like a mass gunman at the door. I think it's those three are the, are the correct things. So.
1: Yeah. Because in life or death scenarios, definitely what you want to be doing is counting seconds.
0: No, that's right. You, you need to have your, you need to have your watch synchronized to the, yeah. uh, proper chirp level of the, uh, of the CO2, uh, thing. So. All right. Well, as always, we we have solved uh, nothing uh, here on the podcast, but we did get to complain about uh, about the baseball situation. So, Ellen, as always, thank you.
1: You're the best, Joe.